BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. All right. Figured we could get on here, have an episode, talk about things. We're getting into that wonderful time of year that we all love. Oh, yes. The off season. Yes. The off season, holidays, all that stuff. I need this off season. I need the, you know, you've been telling me for a long time to take a break and it's, yeah, my body's like, yeah, look, look, <laughs> it's time. Yeah. To I've noticed a lot of people, especially this year, are really burnt out. I think what it is, is I think part of it, like I pushed so hard in 20 because we couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then 21, we're finally back and like, we're back. We can do again. And then all of a sudden this year, we tried keeping up that pace that we've done the last, you know, 20 and 2021. And my body's just like, you're old. (laughs) Yeah. The lack of rest definitely is, I don't want to say it's weighing you down. It sounds like it's weighing you down. It's definitely weighing me down. Yeah. Um, And I think it's just weighing down the entire sport at this point. Yeah. And that's where I'm at now. I'm just, it's the lack of rest. So you know, for the listeners that don't know that the hundred mile streak ended last month, like I did not continue it because it's just like my body's so wrecked. And by keeping it going, I felt like I was actually doing, you know, which technically you've told me a couple of times, but um, <laughs> <laughs> going, I was doing myself more damage than anything because I wasn't giving myself rest. So it's just like, I'm like, I need, you know, I, I eventually might go back to keeping it, but I don't think I'm going to keep it going for as long as I have go back to doing it occasionally here and there when I'm getting ready for a, you know, a bigger race or something, but to do it every month over and over and over again for, I mean, I did it for over two years Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just like my body needs, it needs the rest and needs to do something else, you know? And that's kind of like, you know, I started earlier this week. Um, you gave it to me actually a couple months ago. Um, but it was just so hard with races to really, and now it's like, okay, I'm not going to run that much. I'm still going to run, but not like I have been. Um, and I'm going to start working on strength a little bit more, building up the strength and everything else. And I think that's going to be better for my body than to just keep running. So build up some strength, work on some other issues and work on other parts of my body, you know, to get to where I'm, I'm the all around athlete that I've wanted to be. So I love that. How is the strength feeling? Um, it's, it's feeling okay. It's taking it's cause it's been so long since I really pushed strength. It, it's kind of, it's not, it's taking my body a little bit to get into it. And part of the, the thing is too, is I didn't really like probably pick the wrong week to do it, to start it. I've been out of town all week. So I've been in a hotel room. Oh yeah. That but would do it too. It didn't even have my gym. So, I mean, I was using their gym and a couple of it I did without weight, just kind of did some things, you know, mm-hmm. you know, body weight, so adjusted some things a little bit on it. Um, and then what sucks is next week, I noticed I'm out a week. I'm, a, I'm in a hotel room all week next week. Oh, yikes. Like every day. So I, I, I leave Monday and I don't come home till Friday. So, oh, that sounds miserable. Yeah. So it's going to be. But I mean, the one thing is, is when I'm teaching these classes that are all day, I'm up on my feet pacing constantly. I don't sit down. Um, so I'm constantly moving. I've I've started paying attention to what I eat again 
So mm -hmm. I got to make sure when I'm out of town and stuff like that, I still pay attention. Um, and I made sure this last week that I really was still paying attention to what I was eating and not just eating whatever I want. So I think that's going to help too, is, you know, just starting to look at things again. And I think that's also what killed me this year. I stopped looking at what I was eating again and just kind of went for whatever. And then, and it's like the old saying goes, you hear it all the time. You can't out train a bad diet. Mm -hmm. You can't. So, so I think looking at all those again, it's just, it's time to refocus. And, and that's what I need to look at right now is it's refocusing on strength. Like I should have been already, but <laughs> refocusing from the running to the strength, you know, which in all reality, and I know it, and I've known this forever. If I get the strength, the running will go along with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the running will come with the strength. So I'm going to focus more on the strength, focus more on the diet again, get my, yeah. my stomach, my body back to where it should be, you know, and everything else. And, you know, yeah, refocus, like, you know, which is what the off season is supposed to be anyway. Yes, exactly. And I mean, I can't stress it enough. I keep having to retell myself it as well. I mean, I came off of Battle of the Lions and then I went to Vegas. And since then, like, I've just been spiraling and I felt like running was a chore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go out and run for any little bit of time. I was having panic attacks. I was just not in a good place mentally. And it hit me like, on top of everything that was going on, I also, I haven't really done much in terms of strength training, not compared to what I used to. Mm -hmm. um, ever since I got back from New Zealand, it, my strength work just wasn't there. And that is one thing I really need. It isn't just, you know, to make me stronger, fitter, whatever else, like mentally, I'm in a better place when I am strength training. I just feel so much better. And I, you know, I don't give myself liberties with my diet when I'm strength training because I know, you know, okay, I'm going to take my aminos. I'm, I have to eat protein within 30 minutes of finishing up my workout. And I have to look at the quality of proteins that I'm eating. So then, you know, I'm not going and grabbing something quick from Dunkin' Donuts or whatever else. I'm actually pulling out my Greek yogurt. I'm monitoring how much honey and chia seed fruit granola that I'm putting in there and I'm sticking to a stricter schedule with my nutrients and just everything falls into place so much better yes yes and that that's what I'm looking at right now is trying to get back to that where I spent a lot of time this year I think a lot of time this year, it's one of those things now looking back now that I'm kind of stepping back and whatever I was focusing so hard as I wanted to do. And I think in all reality, it actually hurt me more than it helped me. I focused so hard on wanting to do the Ironman, but still do everything else along with it, that my training kind of went, there was no structure to it. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I would just, I, I basically had how many, you know, running miles I wanted a month, how many biking miles I wanted a month and how many swimming, you know, meters I wanted in a month. And I made sure I hit that, but there was no structure to it. And that's all I was really doing was focusing on those things. When we both know that if I focused on lifting, doing other things and doing the strength training, it would have helped and built on all three of those. Mm -hmm. But I'm so focused on the Ironman. And so, you know, wanting to make sure I could do it, which we both know didn't work out anyway, but it will, I'll get there. 
Um, but I think it's, I, I just, I need to live and learn from it. I learned that I need to focus on the all around athlete. And by doing that, I'll become better at the, the, you know, the other parts, you know, because I just, and my body was so wrecked by the end of the, by the time I hit Ironman, I had done, you know, the previous month I had done two back-to-back trifecta weekends. I had done multiple things that I'm like, yeah, you know, my body rolling into Ironman was wrecked. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk about it, literally, I'm talking about it with multiple clients right now mm-hmm. as they come in and start training and they tell me, you know, these zone two runs, they're not, I, I don't feel like I'm getting any work out of them. I, you know, I'm, I start jogging and I'm already in zone three. Is it better to walk and hold zone two or like run and be able to go zone three, zone four? And it's like, well, we've, you know, we can say that cliche slow and steady wins the race so many times and people don't actually listen. But at the end of the day, putting in the slower miles where you're not exerting yourself as much, that is how you're going to get to where you want to go. It's not always about, can I hit a hundred miles in a month? Or, you know, can I bike for 200? Or can I race every single weekend? You need those low aerobic miles, those days where it feels like you're not really doing anything, but you know you're still getting the work in. Those are going to do the most work for you because they're active rest and you're training just your low aerobic zone. So being able to hold a steady pace with very little exertion and that relieves pressure on your joints it relieves pressure on your respiratory system everything else and it that is where the magic really happens because it's allowing those really intense workouts that you did throughout the week to continue to build and strengthen you and then you're just getting that active rest saying, okay, this is just reinforcing everything we're doing. If you keep dumping too much into the bucket, eventually the bucket is going to overflow. But if you have two buckets, if you have your high aerobic and your low aerobic, if you're dumping into your high aerobic all week, you dump into your low aerobic on the weekend and both are staying full. Mm-hmm. And n- not a lot of people really understand that concept. And that is where we are seeing so many people overtraining. We see so many people getting this burnout by the end of the season. We can't just continue to overexert ourselves over and over and over and over and over again. We need to give ourselves a little bit of grace. We need to say, okay, we're doing way too much. I need a day to just myself. I need a week where I'm not thinking about my training and then your body your head, your muscles, everything will tell you when it's time to get back to work. You know, you can eat like crap for two weeks straight, go on vacation, indulge yourself, come back and your body's like, no, I don't want that sugar. I don't want that grease. I don't want all that fat. Give me something good. And that is when a salad tastes the best because Mm -hmm. your body is like, I have been doing this to myself for so long. I can't do this anymore. I want something that refreshes me. And when you've overtrained for so long, taking that big break 
from your training and saying, you know, I'm only doing things that bring me joy that I really want to do. And then your body is like, okay, yeah, we've, we've had enough rest. It's time to get back to work. And your body has to dictate that. And now that you have experienced this overtraining, this burnout, this overexertion, you're thinking, okay, I know what I did wrong. I, I tried it this way. It didn't work. So let's listen to the body and figure out what exactly it needs and what's most important. Yeah. Well, and I think what it is, it's the 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 monthly goals and those those goals that I had were taking away from my my long term. You know, mm-hmm. where we always tell ourselves we have to have that long term goal, but then you put little short ones in front of you just to kind of keep, you know, put the, the carrot out there to keep you going. Mm-hmm. You know, because we know you were always looking for that long term. That's where we're going. But I got so focused on the short term, I lost the long term. You know, and I think that's part of my problem. I lost the long term. And I we also get this whole thing in our ideas like on a trifecta weekend or something where you're doing that. It's like, well, I did a beast yesterday, you know, Sunday's active recovery. You're still doing two races. Yeah. And all- 10 miles, you know, and I can remember so many times looking, oh yeah, today's active recovery. This is not active recovery. This is another push, you know? Yeah, exactly. Active recovery is getting on a bike. Yes. Active recovery is getting on a bike, going for a walk, like maybe even just going like to the zoo and walking around or something Mm -hmm. that would be like an active recovery. But we get so in our head that, you know, a beast is, you know, go for it. And then the next day doing a sprint or a super, that's active. No, you're still pushing full on mm-hmm. just for a shorter distance. And I think that's where we get. And then I had that a lot where I would go out and do a marathon. And then the next day go run a 10 K because, well, that's active recovery. No, it's not. You just ran again. You know, active recovery would be go walk mm-hmm. a, a mile, go walk, uh, even walking a 5k, but walking. You know, and that's where I, you know, I just, I have a really bad habit of I'm pushing to that limit and I like to push my body to that limit, but by doing it, I'm actually doing a detriment to myself. I need, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I'm glad I have the, the structure. I can look at the structure of the workout plan, go with it, throw in maybe a run here and there when I want to, but even the runs are, you know, like you said, zone two. You know, I'm not out there running, trying to get my PR. I'm just out there to keep the blood flow in my legs and move, you know, like I did, you know, what was it yesterday? I had a break in between classes. So instead of going for a full on run, I walked out to the trail and there's a nice trail out there in Seattle, right where I was teaching that runs along the lake. And I walked a mile up and a mile back, you know, and took, I think it was almost 30 minutes you know, stopped and looked at the water, checked out some things as I went and just took a nice, easy walk, you know, so I'm moving, but I'm not running and I'm not pushing it. And that's where I think my problem is, is I would never, I didn't slow down mm-hmm. because I think, you know, before I was, you know, almost 300 pounds and that's all I could do was walk, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, look, I can run. But yeah, if you keep going like you are, like my times, I can't do what I did a year ago. I can't. I was doing 27 minute 5Ks. I couldn't do that right now because I pushed my body so far that I can't keep that that pace anymore. Mm-hmm. And what's going to get me back to that pace is the the strength, is not pushing my body, letting my body have the breaks when it needs it. You know, and that's what I'm working on right now. I mean, it's... I'm saying I wasn't planning on doing completely, but once I got into the break and then I'm like, okay, this is what my body needs. 
they mm-hmm. need this. And then I'm like, instead of going back into the running, I'm going to start doing the strength training and work on that more, you know, and work on a different part to get my body to where it should be, you know, and I'll get back to the running hard again, but I don't think I'm going to go back to the hundred miles a month, every month, you know, or the, where I did last year and I did a 5k a day for seven days straight is there seven months straight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, you know, I get those streaks in my head that I need to do this and no, it's actually, I'm hurting myself by doing this. So when you set your goals, when you decided 5k a day or hundred miles a month, did you set those before or after you set the goals of the Ironman? Before. Why? The Ironman, the the 5k a day was just a random, whatever. I just started doing it. I was going to do it for the month of January. And that's usually how they happen. Like with the hundred miles a month, it happened because a friend told me that I couldn't do 50 in a month. I did 100 and I'm like, oh, I wonder how long I can keep doing this and just kind of kept doing it, you know, and then the 5k a day was supposed to be just for the month of January. But then while I'm doing it, might as well keep going. But then it became kind of, you know, and, and I get on. I don't know, my brain just kind of gets on those streaks. And that's how it works. It's like, just keep doing it. And I think part of it gets into that whole mindset of my biggest worry is because I've gone through this before where I went from, you know, like, I think it was about 270. I dropped down to 230 and then suddenly was back up, you know, and that's my biggest thing I'm worrying about. Cause I went to 180 and I'm back up to about 230, but I'm still, you know, 60 pounds down from where I started. Mm -hmm. And that's where my brain gets is I'm like, if I stop now, I'm worried that I'm not going to start back up. And I think that's where I have the, the, the biggest problem I have. I'm so worried that if I stop running and I stop the, the streaks and I stop the, you know, hundred miles a month and I stop doing, you know, any of that, I'm going to stop doing everything. And all of a sudden, you know, by this time next year, I'm going to be 300 pounds again. And I'm going to lose, you know, have problems breathing, just walking up the stairs in my house, you know, and that I think is where my biggest fear comes in. I have a very huge fear that I'm going to go back to what I was. I can understand that. And it definitely makes sense from a psychological standpoint. There's always this fear of we're going to go back. Mm -hmm. And if we slip up that it's a slippery slope, we're just all going to go downhill from there. And in the world of fitness and sports medicine and health and everything else, rest and taking rest days are actually more advantageous to your fitness than a hindrance. Taking a rest day is not going to kill you. Hell, taking two rest days in a row, it's not going to kill you. It's being able to stick to a structure and say, okay, I, I need to get in this you know, this strength training day, this run, whatever else throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, International Chess Day on Monday, if you don't get it on a Monday, okay, are you going to go in and get it on Tuesday? Are you going to double up your workouts? Or are you just going to push the entire thing back? And now your typical rest day on the weekend is no longer a rest day. And how do you maneuver your calendar for that? And is missing that one day going to 
mess with your head so much that you're not going to be able to get back in. Because I can guarantee you, if you are sticking to a structured schedule and you are very committed, you know, saying, oh, well, work ran over on Monday and I wasn't able to get my lift in, that's not going to hinder you from getting in on Tuesday. But it all comes down to where your priorities lie. Um, And I I do want to get back to this whole goal setting thing because I think you're setting your goals a little backwards. And a lot of people do that. I mean, we start out by running a Spartan sprint and then we're like, okay, we did that. So what's next? And then we're like, we want to do a super. And then after that super, we're like, okay, so what about this beast? And then at least for here in New England, if you're running a sprint and a super in New Hampshire, and then you're thinking, hey, I've just done two, uh, two thirds of a trifecta. Well, I guess I'm going to go and I'm going to run the beast. And here we have Killington. And it's like, well, you didn't prepare yourself for the beast that you're going to run because you just ran a flat super and sprint. So because you weren't thinking about your end game, you were thinking about your midterm goals and not the long-term, you didn't prepare yourself properly enough for your long-term goal. And that sounds like it's exactly what's happening with you. You had these midterm goals because you're afraid that you're going to regress. So, okay, I'm just going to stay on course okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, oh, look, there's a race I want to do. But if your goals stay here and they're not matching what you need to put in for a longer term goal, you're not adequately preparing for that. And that's kind of what you realized this year. Yes. Instead of saying, hey, Iron Man is my big goal on the year. Okay. How do I plan out my training schedule how do I plan out my racing schedule to fit this and we always want to set our long-term goal first say okay next year what do you want to do oh I want to do world's toughest mudder okay so in order to get to a world's toughest mudder what races do you have to run to get there? You should probably run a couple of ultras throughout the year, probably space them out mm-hmm. every two to three months. Give yourself a solid build in between. Okay, then maybe get a little bit of obstacle endurance for the day. You know, get something where you're going to get a little more practice in cold weather, maybe something with water. And you piece together your schedule around what you're going to expect for, say, a world's toughest mother, or for you, for an Ironman. Because um, I'm and, doing Ironman next year. I'm yes, yes, you 100% are. And I can honestly say that that was my biggest problem this year as well. I I went into this year with goals, and then New Zealand came about, and it's like, up, oh, nope. You cannot focus on those goals right now. You have to go to New Zealand for two months. I came back from New Zealand and it was like, I have two weeks until Indian Mud Run. I have to get heat acclimated to it. I have to now ramp up all my training to make sure that my obstacle proficiency is there. When you're trying to get heat acclimated during the summer and you're also focusing on obstacles, you're really not focusing on getting solid miles out in terrain because you're going out running when it's night out so you're like pounding pavement so from there 
my entire season was just completely thrown off because I didn't have goals set anymore. And the ones that I had set to begin with, they were just thrown out the window and I had to focus on self-preservation. And now we are getting to November. I am running Fenway literally in the morning. And I texted my friend and I said, I don't even know how to pack for a race right now. I was only in self-preservation mode. I wasn't thinking in race mode. I'm not planning my races. I'm not training for my races. I had to call up my coach last week and say, hey, I know I said I was going to run the Carolina Ultra. I just cannot. I'm like mentally, physically, I'm just not there. I didn't train enough for it. And I'm just beat. And it's all because I couldn't stay focused on my long-term goals because no midterm goals could fit in there with what I was working with. Yeah. And that's where I'm at right now. And I think this year was that way a lot too, because at the beginning of the year, my goal was Ironman and I had planned out, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, Olympic distance triathlon, a sprint, another Olympic. I had it all laid out. And then I was only going to do my entire plan at the beginning of the year was to do three Spartans. That was it. You know, and the Sisu race, which is one that I do every year anyway. That's the right. the big one. Yeah. Those were really it. But then all of a sudden I did kind of the same thing. Like, oh, well, hey, I don't have to go to Jersey this year. So if I'm not going to Jersey for because I was going to go there for a wedding, we can go to Hawaii. Well, I might mm-hmm. as well do the race while I'm there. Well, you know, oh, because we're the Jersey was supposed to be the weekend of um basically the Spartan here in Seattle, which is why I wasn't going to do it. Oh, now that weekend's open, so I can do that. Well, that puts back to back trifectas that I wasn't training for mm-hmm. right before the Ironman. And I, you know, all of a sudden start picking up and then, oh, hey, maybe I'll do this extra, you know, which actually the triathlon, I, I'm glad I did the extra triathlon, but I'm glad I also backed it down to a sprint. But at the same time, it really showed me that, you know, three weeks before the Ironman, I wasn't ready for an Olympic sprint. I was going to have problems with the Ironman. Um, I still think, honestly, I could have finished the Ironman if I hadn't wrecked the bike, but I think if I had been better prepared, the wrecking of the bike wouldn't have affected me so bad to where, I mean, I only missed by six minutes. Mm -hmm. I think if I had been in focused harder on my training for the Ironman, less on Spartan, less on obstacle course racing, you know, still do some for fun, whatever, maybe, but focus harder on the Ironman on the big goal that I could have made up those six minutes. You know, I would have been in better shape. You know, I wouldn't have been because my legs were cramping by the end, you know, and part of that was I was fighting the break, but at the same time, if I had been better trained, you know, and focused harder on that, I think I would have been able to push the body, push my body to that point to get to the the run, Mm -hmm. you know, could I have done the run if I'd made it? Yeah. I was hurting, but I could have done, I still could have done, I've done a half marathon in worse shape. So I could have done it, but it's, you know, at the same time, I was a little messed up from the accident, but I'm still actually having problems with my back after this, from the accident, from wrecking the bike that day. So, and it's really, yeah, it's been two months. What's going on with it? My upper back. It's just tight. Ever since the accident, my upper back has been tight. I can't get it to loosen up. Okay. What are you trying? Um, I've tried rolling, foam rolling. I've tried stretching. I've tried, you know, pretty much about the only thing I haven't tried is yoga and going and get a massage. And I think that the massage is the next one. What stretches are you doing? 
basically, um, I guess it's yoga, basically, uh, child's pose, and then just basically kind of twisting, like trying to. No cat cow? No. That's not a bad idea, though. It probably should. Yeah, that's probably, probably a good I, I have a whole slew of active warm-ups and stretches that you can try. Upper back is kind of a specialty of mine. I mean, I, I'm an athletic trainer. I, I like to say everything is a specialty of mine. Yeah. I just know the human body. Um, but yeah, like right between the shoulder blades. And I just, okay. I can't seem to get it to, it's just tight and I can't seem to get it out. So. Okay, so you could probably go for some good thoracic spine stretching, get some lat stretching, get some probably yeah. um, shoulder stability to take pressure off of your thoracic spine. Probably. Um, but that's part of the other problem is the, the left shoulder, because that's the shoulder that I've dislocated multiple times, and I popped it loose when I wrecked. And I don't think I it's fine now, but for like a month, I don't think it completely either. It didn't go all the way back in when it popped back in. Or I tore something when you I would did. know. Like you would really know if it didn't go back in because it wouldn't really move that well. And um, um, yeah. it would be like hanging. Your your labrum isn't that strong to just hold it probably so, yeah. against gravity. Um it just or, didn't feel right, you know. Yeah. But that's probably more a tear or something just wasn't quite right. But I mean it's better, it's feeling better now, but I took a, you know. That was one of my problems I had on the, when I did the beast in Dallas is I was a lot of things that I'm like, I'm taking it easy. Like all the carries were with my right arm because my left arm, I'm like, yo, my shoulder's not going to do it. So, but I still feel I was happy. I still did every carry and never this year. It was the first year ever. Every carry I did in a Spartan race, I never set it down. Good job. When I was done. So that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. But next year has to be, I got to focus on the Ironman. I mean, that's my biggest, I want to beat. I want that Ironman. What is the date of it? Well, it depends because I've thought about this and I haven't decided if I want to switch to a different Ironman. So it's either going to be the end of July or middle of September. Okay. So the end of July one, I've thought about switching, but I don't know because I feel like I need to do the one here in Seattle because that's the one that keeps, that's beating me twice. But the one in July is less hilly on the bike. So, and I just feel like if I take that one, I'm taking the easy way out to get the medal. I wouldn't say walk away from it and don't go back to the one that you've DNF'd twice. But I do think you should get, you should race on a fresh course. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, I, thinking, the confidence boost of being able to do it on a fresh course. Yeah. And then come back to Seattle at another point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I tell my clients all the time, if they are, you know, consistently failing to pick up a heavy weight, just walk away. Walk away. Don't look up, look at it. Don't think about it. Go, you know, clear your head, come back and let's do it again. And typically when they come back, it's no problems for them. Um, and I think that I'm going to give you the same advice. Walk away for right now. Come back to it later. Because I think part of it's a mental block too. Because the only Olympic triathlon I've ever DNF to was in that lake. Okay. So well, every triathlon I've DNF'd, all three have been in that lake. 
So with, uh, what is it, July, you said? Yeah, it'd be July in Eugene, Oregon. Okay. So with a July race, how are you going to set up your schedule? That's what I got to try and figure out. Because see, the problem that I run into and that I, and, and I keep thinking in my brain and I keep thinking races, but I can train without the races. Because I was like, you know, races to kind of get me up to it. Because then we have no triathlons in the Northwest until June. So, and there's no indoor tries. I've never actually looked. I'd look for some indoor tries. Might not be a bad idea. I look for some indoors, but um, I mean, for the training for that, that's just kind of what I got to figure out. I mean, it's the I need to do the strength training, and I think my problem is is I focus on before last year what I did last year for most of it. I focused on the three main disciplines. I focused on running, um, biking, and swimming, which is good to have those but that's all i focused on i didn't focus on the other avenues of strength training and everything else that also build upon those and that's what i think i need to do is look at basically making sure that i am not only can i swim can i bike can i run but i am in the physical shape that i need to be mm-hmm. to do that and like i said just i need to work the other muscles and work my whole body i need to be fully my whole body needs to be in shape. I need to yeah. be you know, functional fitness for everything so that I can do all of it. Because remember, the strength training isn't just about, you know, performance and maximizing your strength and power and whatever else. It's also big time injury prevention. Mm-hmm. It's keeping your muscles functioning in the way they're supposed to. So if you do end up rolling an ankle or or whatever else, that's not going to send a chain reaction through your entire body to cause some back pain on the bike or some hip pain while you're running. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too, because I hadn't been doing that strength training. So when I went down on the bike and I hit on that side, the shoulder and the knee both, um, I didn't have the strength training to deal with those injuries to you know, adjust with my body and get to a point that it would have been okay. And I think with the strength training on top of that would have been, like you said, injury prevention. Now I've had a small injury because, and my body can adjust to get me through the race, but I didn't have those. I just had the muscles I'd been working because that's all I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite things to program for my clients are um, specific, like, I mean, for us as obstacle course racers, the ankles are one of the biggest things so I program a lot of ankle recovery and I tell them we're not training you to stop you from rolling we're training you to recover from rolling we have to assume that you're gonna roll your ankle when you're out on an obstacle course race so instead of saying oh if you do this you won't roll your ankle no there's always going to be a rip there's always going to be a rock Mm -hmm. we're going to make we are going to train you as if you do roll your ankles because you are going to roll your ankles. I joke with everybody. It's not a obstacle course race until you roll your ankle, but it's how you can recover from it and keep going. That dictates how well you're going to do for the race. So train to recover. And then hopefully again, we can't predict how bad somebody is going to injure themselves, but hopefully with the right training, we can combat any serious injuries or we can decrease the severity of it. Again, fingers crossed, hopefully. Yeah. So I need, I know I need to work on that. The other thing I need to do is I need to 
make some adjustments to the bike. One of the things that caused me to have the issue on the bike was my my me being cheap and not getting the pedals fixed like I should have. Mm-hmm. So if the pedals had been fixed, I would have been able to pop my foot out. So that's one of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to basically, I'm going to, I got to send the bike in for a tune up. And when I do, it's going to be one of those to see if they can fix the pedals or do I just need to completely replace them? So, because that way I have, you know, the equipment is, I mean, in a triathlon, the equipment is part of it. And when the equipment's everything, because partly too, we all got to think about where the equipment as well. So whether it be shoes, whether it be, you know, um, cause that's the other thing I got to figure out if I'm going to do any more OCRs next year is I've got to figure new shoes. My shoes are done, but, um, you know, shoes, which I know my running shoes, I have the running shoes that I've, I've used and that work well for me, um, that don't give me, you know, shin splints and everything else. Um, like I can't wear, I know a lot of people like Nike, Adidas, no, no, for running for me, those will destroy my, my shins go to like, yeah, they, my shins, yeah. bad things on those. So it's, to me, it's gotta be Brooks. Um, I really wish Pearl Izumi still made those. Those used to do so good for me. But, you know, I know that equipment. Now I got to make sure the bike and everything else. And me as a person, I need to make sure my body and the equipment for my body is the way it should be. And I think that was my problem this year. I focused so hard on those three disciplines and completely forgot the rest of it of taking care of the rest of my body. Mm-hmm. And that's what I need to focus on this year. It's taking care of my entire body. So that, like you said, injury prevention. So if I do have another, you know, which it seems to be my luck, I have an issue with the bike every time um, because I do something, you know, that causes that normally, but <laughs> I need to be able to recover from it. And that's what this race really taught me. Could have I probably finished the Ironman? Yes, if I had gotten that six minutes. But if I had trained correctly and been able to recover, like I said, I could have made up that six minutes. Mm-hmm. so it's all about the recovery it's all about getting back and i mean that's what this right now the off season is for me right now is about the recovery it's getting my body back to where it should be you know taking the time right now to let my knees heal you know i'm not getting any younger and my knees are already messed so i got to make sure i don't let them get worse you know let them heal a little bit get back to the strength training and i know it it's like every time i've had knee issues the first thing they always tell you is strengthen up the muscles around your knees to make them feel better plus lose the weight because every you know obviously it takes more stress but if i strengthen up the muscles the knees feel better i'm gonna add one more to it in the sports medicine world when somebody has an aches pains injuries whatever else uh we look at the joints above and below it so if your knees are bothering you let's take a look at your ankles and your hips see what's going on there because they all share the same muscles as the knee. So they're all fighting over this control. If your ankle mobility is not so great and your hip mobility is not so great, it's going to all fight over control of the knee and it's going to cause pain at the knees. So not just strengthening the knees or the muscles around it, but what muscles are in this stronghold, this fight over control and how can we improve the entire kinetic chain because if we fix one broken link it's going to slowly correct everything yeah and that's one thing i've noticed in the past past too if i start having issues with my knee my hip starts to have issues mm-hmm. so, um and that's one thing I, i've noticed before so i've got to make sure i i work on all of it and like i said i think that's part of it is i work so much 
you know, the, the chain is the good example. I work so much on just a few links of the chain to that I thought I needed for the Ironman. I let all the other links go. Okay. You know, it's like we all know a, a chain's only, you know, good as its weakest link. Yep. You know, I may have strengthened up a bunch, like three of them, but I let the rest of them, you know, fall apart. And I think that's kind of the thing is I got, I have a problem with that. And I know that personally, I get hyper-focused. Yeah. If all of a sudden I decide this is what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. I'm going to do the Ironman. So my hyper-focus is I have to get this much mile running in every month, this much on the bike and this much swimming. And then I forget everything else. So all the other stuff that I was doing before that, all the extra, you know, weight training, you know, exercising with a sandbag, all that kind of stuff just went out the window. So I have an entire gym downstairs with weights, sandbags, you know, all sorts of stuff that I can use, you know, medicine balls, everything. And I haven't touched any of it really until recently, you know, it had been probably eight or nine months since any of that stuff had been touched. Because I was so focused on everything else, I wasn't working on any of the strength. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, you know, I, I know that about me. I get hyper-focused. I'm like, yeah. So you said for you, recovery is going to be key. But I am going to challenge you and say it's not the recovery that's going to be key. Yes, you need the recovery. And right now, it's what your body is thriving on. But it's actually structure. Structure is going to be key for you. And, you and it's it's going to be keeping you on track with it a schedule and with your goals and saying, okay, what are you going to do which day and how is it going to contribute mm -hmm. to your short, medium and long-term goals? And again, we need to look at, okay, your long-term goal is the Ironman. So what are your middle goals? And how are those middle goals getting you to the long-term goals? Okay, now that we have the middle goals, what are some short-term goals that we can work on? And how is that going to get you to your middle goal, which is going to get you to your long-term goal? Yeah, which is kind of like I, like you mentioned. I think, you know, I lost sight of the long-term goal by looking at the middle. I, I got mm -hmm. so focused on the midterm goals that I forgot what I was trying to get to. Yeah. You know, and that's, like I said, I have that, that fear of, I don't want to be fat again. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to be where I was. I mean, when I was 310 pounds, I mean, I look at pictures and I'm like, Oh, how did I, how, no wonder I dislocated my shoulder four times in one race, just trying to hold myself up, you know, and that's, I just don't want to get there again. And that's like my biggest fear that if all of a sudden I let the, let it go, I'm, you know, I'm going to backslide all the way. You know, because for years when I was big, I kept saying, ah, this is the time. This is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally lose the weight. And I never did. And I'm just, I never want to be there again. Mm -hmm. You know, ever. Yeah. We're, we're not going to let you get there again. Uh, we just need to keep you focused on what's really important. And running every day is not important. In fact, it's not smart. And I mean, I talk to so many people that have done or are doing like a 75 heart. And I keep telling them, like, I understand that you want this goal. You really want the end results. You want to do something that's really hard, but this is not smart going and telling somebody you need to work out twice a day for 75 days straight. Yeah. And it's like a rest day is a training day. 
you know, just being able to say, I'm only doing yoga today. Like that's all my body can handle. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, only going and walking your dog. That is okay. Your body will get more benefits from recovery than it does from training every single day for seven months straight in your case yeah well and i think that's one of the things i think it's kind of you know part of it you know and i don't want to say the whole generational thing but it kind of is i think in some ways for like when i was growing up if you wanted to be an athlete you wanted to do stuff you trained every Mm -hmm. single day and your coaches did not allow you to take a break if yeah. you took a break, then that you what what are you doing? Do you not want to get where you're going? Do you not have this goal in mind? You have to do every day and you have to push every day. And if you take a day off, that is the worst thing you could do. And it's I think for some of us, it's hard to get that out of our brain and remember that they were wrong. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, right now we are in the day and age where, you know, people are coddling others, you know, giving them more liberties than they probably need for whatever it is, you know, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and get into any politics or anything else about what sides are right and wrong and how we should or shouldn't raise kids or, you know, be bosses or whatever else. But there is this, we are fighting this battle of, you know, we were on one extreme for so long where, you know, if you are working towards a goal, you need to work on it every single day. And if you take your foot off the gas pedal, then you are falling behind. And now we're, we have now moved completely to the other side of the spectrum and saying, oh, well, you know, it's okay. And, you know, just listen to yourself. And, you know, if you need to take breaks, go ahead and take as much time as you need do what you need to do. And it's like, well, no, we need to find that middle ground. And so true. And just like I was saying how, yeah, we need to give ourselves the grace to say, I cannot do this today. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the physical, mental, whatever capacity. Your body tells you when it's ready to get going, but it only tells you that after you've had this discipline if you've been sitting on the couch for, you know, 10 years with no reason to go outside, go for a run, whatever else, your body's not going to tell you, hey, go for a run. If you eat McDonald's every single day, your body's not going to tell you, hey, I think you need a salad. It This grace comes once you've dedicated the time, put in the effort, and really learned the healthy habits. Mm-hmm. And then your body is like, okay, I know you're better than this. It's time to get moving and get back into gear. Yes. So you have to find that middle ground. You do. And that's kind of one of those things I've had that, you know, for like pretty much, you know, we went to Texas in Texas. Of course you have to eat all the good food because it's all good food. Um, I, I, I didn't eat any good food in Texas. How did you know? All of the tacos I ate were terrible. I had to actually give the queso away because it was so bad. Oh, you went to the wrong places, man. I like for me, it's in the mornings. I for what I love Waffle House. I'll go to the Waffle House, sit there and have some coffee, have, <laughs> you know, have my 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 glut, glutton food. But then it's like once I get back, it's like and, and it's the same thing. Like you said, I, I let myself kind of have some, you know, 
a little leeway because I'm on vacation. Yep. Yep. And then as soon as I got back, it's right back to, you know, the normal food because I know like you feel that when I got back, it's like my body is like, I feel the, the Whataburger. I feel, you know, the waffle house. I feel going to, you know, which amazing food, great food. But then my body's like, okay, now you've let the trash in. Now we need to clean the trash out, go eat a salad, go eat, yep. you know, have this, get this, you know, and I go back to eating the correct food, you know, my smoothies, everything else, you know, stuff like that, you know, which, you know, I don't put anything which in my smoothies, it's like even the ice in my smoothies is just frozen fruit. You know? <laughs> I put maybe like a little protein powder in it and, you know, use some almond milk. You know, that's really it. I don't want a whole lot of, you know, where like before a smoothie was ice cream and all sorts of <laughs> ice cream in a smoothie. Usually now pretty much the only bad thing I'll put in a smoothie is every once in a while I'll decide I want a pirate smoothie. And that's about usually as bad as I get with the smoothies. So. And for those that haven't figured it out, the pirate smoothie means I just put rum in it. <laughs> That's what makes it the pirate smoothie. But yeah, so I mean, it's just my body. It's like after a while, when you eat that stuff, your body craves it. Mm -hmm. Like you know, I made you know uh, shrimp the other night, but which the the butter, yes, the butter is bad for me, but I, I love it. Um, <laughs> but I made like the rice wasn't real rice. It was cauliflower. So because I've actually gotten a point, I prefer the cauliflower rice over normal rice now. Yep. Yeah. If you would have told me that two years ago, I'd been you're out your mind. But now, yeah, no, I prefer yeah. the cauliflower over normal rice. It tastes better to me. Yeah. I was literally looking up recipes today with cauliflower substitute because I got back from Vegas and well, before Vegas, I was just in like a in this like crazy place where I didn't have time and I was trying to figure out my work schedule, but then I was like racing and racing in Vegas and whatever else. And I wasn't eating before I was going to work. And that was really killing my diet. Mm -hmm. So I came back from Vegas and I'm like, okay, I have eaten like complete crap. I've been getting my cold brew and my iced coffee with vanilla or salted caramel or Irish cream. And I'm like, I, my body is craving sweets. I'm like, okay, step one, I have to eat breakfast before I go to work. And I go to work at 5 a.m. So I'm like, I, I need to make my breakfast mm -hmm. like before 5 a.m. And then I get home from work, you know, anywhere from 8 to 10 a.m. And I'm having such bad sugar cravings because I would go in between clients and I would get a cold brew. Or I would grab a croissant or something quick and easy to eat. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to carry some cuties oranges with me so I can have something. And then like, I literally went to the grocery store yesterday on my way home from work. And I'm like, I'm having such a bad sugar craving. I need something. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, there's nothing really that I'd want to eat at the checkout. Okay, well, I'm a block from home. Like, I just bought my berries. I have Greek yogurt. I just bought my granola. I'm like, I am making my Greek yogurt as soon as I get home. I walked in the door, said hi to my dog. And I'm like, okay, beeline for the kitchen because I need sugar. I need some kind of sugar. Mm -hmm. And it was instead my Greek yogurt with a little bit of honey, chia seeds, some berries, and some, you know, clean granola. 
I'm like, okay, that satiated it. And I know that the craving came because I had done so much horrible stuff for the month of October, probably even September, that I was getting these intense sugar cravings. And the only way I'm going to kick those cravings is by replacing it with something a little bit better. Yes. So, you know, fructose and natural sugars, it's the way to go, but I'm going to have to deal with these sugar cravings for a couple of weeks until I actually get it kicked. But because I know how great I'm going to feel once it's kicked, I, I'm going to stick with it and fight it out. And that's why I'm at right now, too. I did the same thing September and October. I did a lot, <laughs> ate a lot. But then, you know, really, if you even go back, I mean, really, even August, because I did all the traveling. I mm-hmm. was in Hawaii. So, of course, you know, when you're in Hawaii, I mean, I did my best to eat as best as I could, but I'm still eating crap because I'm in Hawaii. But, you know, and they have really good food. Um, Never been. Oh, they have great. I mean, the, the shrimp. I love shrimp. So I'm allergic. Oh, well, yeah. Then you wouldn't like Giovanni, so they wouldn't like like the shrimp. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, it's you know, I I've been eating crap, but I did the same thing. I was down in uh, I had to travel for work over the week, and I got like a huge sugar craving while I was down there. And the same thing, and I'm like, what do I want? And I'm like, oh, I can go here and I can get this, and I can go to this place and I can get really bad food. But then I'm like. Or I could just go get a tub of pineapple. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I went back, I got a tub of pineapple, went back in my hotel room, you know, and I'm studying for a test. So I was reading up on the test and studying and just sat there with, you know, grabbed a plastic fork and just ate pineapple. And it killed my craving for, you know, killed my craving for the sugar and filled me up enough that when I went to go get food, I didn't go... It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go over here to Burger Master or Burgerville and get like a huge whatever I picked, you know, went and got just a small, what you know, small salad. And, you know, that was really it. And I didn't need to go get, and that's my problem. If I have a craving, I'm going to go overeat. And I know that, mm-hmm. I know that about me. So I can kill it with something good. And then when I do finally go to get dinner, I'm only going to get the dinner that I should not like double because mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest that was one of my biggest things when I was big I didn't eat all often but I ate a lot so it'd be like I would would skip breakfast have something a snack for lunch and then dinner was like two or three plates I mean oh. I would really I would eat as much as I could at dinner but then of course you know that helped you know my body was in starvation mode for all day and then because it knew what I was going to do and then all of a sudden I would eat it would go back in starvation mode and then yeah all sorts of issues so I've mm-hmm. learned to eat throughout the day keeps it so you you I end up a long times actually eating more than I used to but it's throughout the day to give my body I'm not in starvation mode my body's burning it mm-hmm. so yeah it's just a matter of getting back to that and remembering I know what I need to do it's just a matter of getting now my body's like, okay, you've done some stupid stuff for a month or so. You let yourself have that break. Now let's get back to let's get back to work. It really does come down to willpower, but knowing the signs of what you're going through, so you can say, okay, I know I'm having a really bad sugar craving, but this I need to go through this to get to the other side. Yes. If I give in 
this sugar craving is just going to come back tomorrow mm-hmm. and the next day and the next day and the next day. It's not until you say, I see you sugar craving. I'm giving you something else. That's not added sugars. That's not table sugars. I'm going to give you something better. That's when you're finally going to move past it. And then once that two week withdrawal is done and gone and you're through with that, it's like smooth sailing. That sugar craving doesn't come to the same extent. And, you know, you notice all of the health benefits. And I mean, the same goes for really any kind of processed foods and junk that you want to put in your body. The cravings are going to come. And if you continue to recognize them and give in to them, you're just prolonging them and you're just making them worse and worse Mm -hmm. because your body craves them more. So recognize what's going on and push through you're rewarding the craving exactly so just like you know with anyone else you reward them for their bad behavior they're going to keep doing it and that's what you're doing you're just rewarding your body for the bad cravings if you give it something else that it's like hey you know this isn't that bad either i kind of mm-hmm. like the pineapple i kind of like the you know you know the greek yogurt and whatever i mean it, it gets us back into that habit of because that's one thing a lot of people were surprised about when i was losing all the weight and running and doing you know everything when i dropped 100 pounds um because one thing is <laughs> I dropped hundred pounds in like nine months. So, wow. I mean, it was, but I mean, even my doctor's like, you did this the right way. Right. And I'm like, this is how I did it. I mean, I it's not like I was like snorting co- co- cocaine or anything. I mean, this is what I did, you know, but it was once I got my body trained to want pineapple, to want real sugars, mm-hmm. the bad sugars, I didn't like them. I yeah. remember the first time I drank, because I used to be, I was a Mountain Dew drinker. Mm-hmm. I drank like two or three, like one liters a day of Mountain Dew. I mean, I loved my Mountain Dew. And I completely cut it out. And I went to drinking like noon, liquid IV, you know, something like that, you know, because I don't like the flavor of just water. But <laughs> I had to put something. Seltzer. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. I just. Seltzer me- water is my thing. Like I, I can drink an entire case a day. But apparently nobody else has seltzer water outside of New England. So that's weird. But I mean, we have it. It's just weird. But yeah, so it's one of those. I just I like flavor in my water. So it's just I just started doing those instead. But then all of a sudden, it's like one day I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'll reward myself with a Mountain Dew because we were doing something. And I think my son had bought Mountain Dew and there was it was in the house. I'm like, oh, I'll have one like the first drink. And I'm like, what the hell is this crap? And it's like. I was just so not used to all of that, you know, sugar. I'm just like, wow, how did I drink this every day, all day? You know, and I think that's one of the things once you get used to and you get that stuff out of your system, once you try it again, you're like, how did I drink this constantly? How did I eat this crap constantly? Like if I go to a fast food restaurant, um, like when I was gone, I did one day, I went to Burgerville, but I had their fish and chips. Because I know if I go get like a burger or something from a fast food place, my stomach is just going to like revolt. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, nope, we're done. You know, pretty much if I eat it, I better be really close to the bathroom because my stomach is not going to like this, you know, because I've taken all that crap that they put in that food out of my system. Mm-hmm. And now when I let it back in, it's never good. So yeah. it- you know, like you said, once we treat our body the way we're supposed to, it's like, hey, I kind of like this. Stop putting that horrible crap in me. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just feel so much better and your body remembers that and says, no, like, I know you just had fun, but I like that. I like how I felt back then. So let's get back there. Let's you know, back. I, I like the feeling of the muscle pump from the strength training. I like not having headaches and sugar cravings. I like not having stomach problems. I like not feeling bloated. Um, so let's all get, let's get back to that. And again, your body tells you when it's ready for that. It tells you when you need to sleep more. It tells you when you need to eat right, when you need to drink water, when you need to lift, when you need to go run, you just got to listen to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's it. So it's like, you know, right now, like I said, I'm going to, uh, I've got to, one of my plans tomorrow is I'm going to go through and rearrange the gym so I can get back to all the heavy lifting stuff. So I'm not just, cause right now the way I have it, cause my gym, I don't have enough room for everything. So the way I have it set up now, I can get to the pretty much the treadmill and the bike and then the punching bags available. So my kid can use it, but okay. other than that, like trying to get to, you know, the weights, I don't have them set up right where I can really get to them. So I'm um, tomorrow is going to be rearranging it. So I have a small area to do my workouts in and I have access to all my weights. So, mm -hmm. you know, and the, you know, I have access to my medicine balls and everything else. So all the, the sandbag, whatever I need to get that extra, you know, that work in. So, yeah. Cause the only thing I have scheduled right now is for my birthday. We started it last year. It's an annual tradition. I don't know if you saw the, the, the pretty Mike challenge is what we call it. So it's a stupid challenge, but. <laughs> start off you it was basically and because i lost 100 pounds so what we do is you start off it's a 5k but you start off with 100 pounds extra and then every quarter mile you drop oh and wow so so by the time you finish i think it's every quarter mile my friend did all the math my friend brian so by the time you finish the 5k it's like the last i think half mile or so you're running with no weight it's just you so it's just that feeling of dropping all that weight every quarter mile. So it's just kind of a crazy little challenge that we do. That is insane. I yeah. don't know that I would ever want to run with 100 pounds. I've done it a few times because there's another challenge I did once. You run with 100 pounds, it's what, a 40-pound vest and 100 pounds and or 80 pounds and no, what is it? Yeah, 40-pound vest, 60 pounds in a sandbag. And then you do... A hundred sandbag burpees after you finish running the mile, yeah, while still wearing the insane. Yeah, so that was a lot of the stuff, and that was a lot of some of the safe the the weight training and lifting I was doing before I decided to just start training everything else. So I was doing a lot of that, you know, sandbag work, doing sandbag burpees, doing stuff like that, you know, a lot of lifting. And stuff trying to get bigger but then all of a sudden once my focus was like iron man i just focused so hard on those three things and that's where i need to get back to is the heavy lifting and i really noticed it i think on the spartan this time where i haven't been focusing enough on the lifting because i went to go pick up the atlas ball which i picked it up with no problem i mean i picked it up but i could tell i was struggling and i'm like mm -hmm. i shouldn't be struggling with this atlas ball i've done this for years with no problem mm -hmm. you know it's like everyone that, you know, the armor normally I carry with one hand. I pick it up with one hand, the handle with one hand and walk with it. And this time I was struggling to do it. And I'm like, I shouldn't. This is something I usually have no problem with. Why? And then I'm like, oh, because I haven't been straight training. Mm -hmm. No. 
So yep, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yes. So, and that's the, that's going to be the focus, um, working on the, the strength training and everything else to get me ready for, for next year. So perfect. Yeah, it'll be good. So, and I've got a really good, you know, team of people behind me, you know, friends and a, an amazing coach. It's going to help me get there. <laughs> Let's do this. Yes. So, all right. Awesome. And like, yeah. I don't even think I'm going to do, I, I don't think I'm going to do, normally I do the, the, the crazy challenge of run my age, but I think this year I'm not going to go for 45 miles. Yeah, no, you're better off without it. So. I'm literally only running Fenway because it's here. Yeah. I live in Boston and it's just down the road. Yeah. So it's just a fun weekend. So I'm not stressing yeah. anything. Just go have fun. Just go have fun, enjoy it. And now it's the the off season and time to and, and I think my biggest problem is I always look for the off season. It's time to sit on the couch and eat potatoes, potato chips. No, the off season is no. time. Let your body relax for a little bit. Let it, you know, for a couple weeks, maybe whatever, and then start getting ready for the next season by training the correct way. And yeah, that's fall fun. back in love with the process. Yep. So, all right. Well, it's been great. Okay. Get some sleep. Have fun. This and was awesome. Have fun at Fenway and we will talk again soon. Yes, definitely. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.
Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.